Welcome to the e-commerce badassery podcast, the place for scrappy female entrepreneurs who want to learn actionable steps and strategies to grow the traffic, sales, and profit in your e-commerce business. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster, a 20-year retail veteran who spent three years as the only employee of a seven-figure online store. That shit was crazy. I know exactly how it feels to do all the things, and I'm sharing everything I learned the hard way so you don't have to. I may have started this business by accident, but supporting badass bosses like you lights me the fuck up, and I am so stoked to see you grow. Are you ready, babe? Let's roll. Welcome back to the e-commerce badassery podcast. I am your host, Jessica Totillo Coster. The other day, I posted in the e-commerce badassery Facebook group asking, what do you wish you knew before you started your business? There were so many awesome responses, I thought it would be fun to share them here. So that's what we're talking about today. Straight from other e-commerce business owners just like you, what they wish they knew before they started their business. And whether you're just getting started or you're already established, there is sure to be a quick little lesson or aha moment here for you. So don't go away. And side note, some of these insights I'll share who said it along with their business names because they gave me permission to do so. So check the show notes for links to everyone's website if you want to check them out. Others will stay anonymous since I didn't get the okay before recording the episode to name them on the show. All right, let's get into it. The first one will come as no surprise, but I had to mention it. What did they wish they knew? How important email marketing was. Don't worry, I'm not going to harp on this one today, but I couldn't ignore it, right? Next up, Hannah, the marketing director of Lotus Energy Drinks said, You can't be an expert in every single thing, and that when developing processes in your business, keep scaling in mind. So if you implement X, is it scalable or will it let you scale? Now, you definitely know how I feel about getting support and hiring experts, but I really love her second point about considering scale when implementing new processes and such in your business. My goal is always to future-proof a business or a project as much as possible. We're not looking for band-aids here. You don't want to create something that you'll have to redo again and again. And this is something I'm going through right now with my previous employer. I've been consulting with them since I left to finish up some integration projects that we started while I was there. About three or so years ago, we migrated to a new ERP system, which included integrating it with our Shopify store. It was a huge project that took months to complete because we really needed to think through all the potential variables and even those that weren't yet in play. And we've been working on the buy online, pick up in store for over a year for the same reason. Now, it's unlikely that that would take so long for you to implement something like this. The company I worked for had 30 plus stores when I left and is using an enterprise ERP and POS system. So it's not quite the same as a smaller business with just a few locations. But we approached the project considering not just what do we need right now, but what are we going to need in the future? And sure, some things were set to be a phase two implementation. BOPUS, for instance, is the phase two. 
But when we were setting up the initial ERP, we made certain decisions knowing that BOPIS was going to be a future consideration. And this is so important because it's so much harder to relearn and reteach something when you and your team have been operating in a specific way for so long. And it can also be harder to fix small parts of things versus like revamping them. Now, that's not always true, but I find it to be the case a lot of the time. That's why even when I come into someone's business who has all their email set up already, I usually create the journey from scratch. And yes, I'm going to take into consideration the messaging they already have and how that's performing, weaving it back into my strategy if it's doing well. But I'm starting with a blank slate to map everything out because a lot of things when you're talking about systems, processes, automations are dependent on something else. And it becomes like this big domino effect that if you change this one thing, it affects these other three things. So it's harder to make little tweaks very often. And look, there are going to be times in your business when you do just need a Band-Aid, and that's okay. But in general, when you're tackling a big project, it's best to take the time to think through the future variables and plan for them as much as possible. Next up is Anna from Limbo Imports, which sells artisan hammocks. She reminds us that just because you like a product doesn't mean your customers will buy it that you need to test in small quantities to find your bestseller and to never assume. And that not testing and getting feedback can be really costly when you get stuck with inventory that you can't move. And I've been through this myself when I had my brick and mortar. I overbought, like most of us do. We get emotionally attached to our products, but we have to remember that our customers will likely qualify our new stuff really quickly. It's not personal, it's business, so we have to let the numbers guide us and be smart about our decisions. Amanda of Eye Candy Balloons reminds us that success takes time, nothing happens overnight, actions compound to results, so stay steady and focused. These things take time. This is a reminder I think we all need to hear, especially when we start comparing ourselves to others in the e-commerce space, which leads me into what Christina of Christina Cover Designs, a jewelry company, said. Looking from the outside at someone's business does not necessarily mean they aren't struggling too, and it doesn't mean they're successful, although it may look like they're killing it. And you know, I always say, keep your eyes on your own paper because you truly don't know what's happening behind the scenes of anyone else's business. And like Christina said, they may have a lot of revenue, but their margins are in the toilet, complete with the toilet emoji. Christina had lots of other smart insights to share, like the importance of hiring a good CPA who specializes in your industry or a small business right off the bat. She said, you don't necessarily need a bookkeeper but a good CPA will save you money down the line. And Anna of Limbo Imports agreed, saying she wasted a lot of time trying to learn it herself. And I agree too, this is so important. I also encourage you to find a CPA who is willing to strategize with you and explain things that you don't understand versus just throwing you a few reports at the end of the year. Christina also said that when you reach your goal in quotes, it may not be what you thought it would be and it's okay to redirect your efforts. 
There were so many good insights and feedback from everyone on this post, but this is definitely one of my favorites. Your business is naturally going to evolve, and while focus is important to get to your ultimate goals, it's also okay to change course and change your mind about what you want. We have a particular vision when we start something new, and sometimes we get there and we realize maybe it's not exactly what we thought it would be. I mean, I'm sure you've experienced this at least once in your past dating life, right? And this is the same We have these grandiose ideas of what a person, our life, our businesses will look like when we get to a certain place. And it's not always all it's cracked up to be. Don't ever feel like you have to continue on a certain path just because you've spent so much time working toward it. Ultimately, the goal is to build a business you love, right? So if you get to a certain point in your business and realize you don't actually love what you created, it's okay to make changes. I haven't been in business very long in the scheme of things, and I've already pivoted. I started out actually managing clients' weekly emails and realized I didn't want to do that. While I enjoyed the actual process and the brainstorming and the strategy, I didn't want to build an agency, which would have been required in order to scale that model. And Amy Porterfield started in a similar way, actually, managing client social media before admitting she had created herself a job, not a business. And she didn't love what she was doing, and so she decided to finally lean into what she was already great at, creating courses. There was also a time when I thought I was going to be an online personal stylist and build a business around that because I had been doing it, you know, in real life, and that was my background. But after some self-reflection, I realized my heart just wasn't in it anymore. But I had already put so much time, energy, and effort into it, it felt like a waste to let it go. Eventually, with the help of a women's empowerment program I was in, I finally did let go of it all. Taking down my website, letting the URL expire, a domain that I had owned for so many years that had gone through multiple iterations. When I did finally admit to myself that I didn't want to do it anymore and let go of everything, there was such a weight off of my shoulders. It was so freeing and liberating. And letting go of all that opened the door for me to try new things. And did you know that I also had a subscription box back in the day? My partner and I shut it down when she was about to be a first-time mom, but honestly, I was relieved because I actually didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would and was happy to get out sooner rather than later. And I say all of this to remind you that the whole point of being an entrepreneur is to design a business and life you love. You don't have to get stuck to something that doesn't bring you joy. And Just like letting go of business ideas that don't serve you, it's also okay to let go of clients or customers that don't serve you too. One of the group members who has a product-based and a service-based business shared this insight and others agreed. The time, energy, and effort that problem clients and customers take aren't worth it. And for you as a product-based business, maybe it's a customer who is always asking for special favors or returns outside of your policies. It's okay to say no. Maybe it's a wholesale customer that just drives you crazy that you'd be better off not selling to anymore. I know it can feel scary to lose those sales, but if you think about all the energy you spend on them, it's likely you can use that same energy to replace them with a less high-maintenance customer. 
You might also see this happen if you've previously been a yes person or a people pleaser, teaching your customers that they can pretty much have anything they want if they just ask. I saw this happen with a subbox owner who kept allowing customers to exchange items if they didn't like them. But that's not what a subbox is. You don't exchange stuff, you re-gift it or swap it on one of the subbox sites. And I know it's scary to say no to that customer in fear of losing them as a subscriber. But think of how much work it is to always be accommodating those requests. With such low margins on subboxes to begin with, you're probably making no money on that customer when all is said and done. So just say no. And if you lose them, good riddance. Just go get a new subscriber who's way less trouble. Another great insight came from Julie of Modesty Marketplace. She said she wished she had solidified her e-commerce site before opening her brick and mortar. At first, I was surprised because often it's the other way around. And when I dug in a little more and asked her why she said that, it was because she had started them both at the same time. And now she's struggling to increase the traffic into the store as well as the traffic and conversions on the website. It's been a struggle to accomplish both or even one of them. And she said she's doing everything she can that she knows how to move the needle, but it's not quite working out the way she'd hoped. My recommendation to her, to dedicate seasons or blocks of time to each of them in the upcoming year. This way, she's still focused on growing both, but only one or the other at any given time. Whether you break this up by quarter or month, or maybe you're doing it half the year, it doesn't matter. The idea is to just go all in on one aspect so she can give it her full attention because you're much more likely to find success when you put all of your energy into the one thing. One of the respondents also mentioned they wish they knew how important it was to plan ahead, not only in their business decisions, but their inventory too, and that they wish they had outsourced fulfillment sooner. Now, how you decide to fulfill your orders, whether in-house or through a 3PL, is going to be different for every business. Generally, the more complex the process, the more likely you'll want to keep it in-house so you can better control it. The simpler the process, the fewer the SKUs, the easier it is to outsource. Now, that's not a hard and fast rule by any means, but if you're not sure, that's a good first question to ask yourself. In terms of planning ahead, yes, this is a must-have in every business, product or not. But I love that she's touching on the inventory planning aspect here because I see this as one of the biggest hurdles for a lot of e-commerce business owners if they don't come from a product background. And like you heard me mention earlier about my own boutique, even the most experienced can struggle with this too. How you plan your inventory is going to depend so much on your product, your lead times, your seasonality, your vendors, and that can be its own episode for sure, which is definitely on the short list for next year, by the way. But the takeaway for today is that if you don't already have a system and process in place for managing your inventory, if you find yourself constantly selling out of your best items or you're sitting on inventory for a long time, Those are all signs that you should be putting more focus on your inventory management. And depending on the volume of your business, you probably want to hire someone that is dedicated to that and only that. And then last, but certainly not least, is to find a good mentor. And honestly, if you sum up everything from today's episode, that's really the root of it all, right? 
Finding a good mentor doesn't always mean someone you pay. Sometimes it's listening to a podcast like this one or being in a free Facebook group where the leaders actually show up. It's learning from someone who has been where you want to go, who understands the industry you're in, who can see your blind spots and help you clear the cobwebs. And sometimes it is paid, whether it's a mastermind, a group program, or a membership like The Lounge by e-commerce badassery. It's getting yourself in a room with people who can help you get to the next level of your business. You cannot do this alone. You don't have to do this alone. And at the end of the day, business is a lot more fun when you can do it with others, don't you think? So friend, tell me, which one of these hit home for you most today? DM me on Instagram and let me know, or take a screenshot of you listening to this episode and share your number one takeaway on your Instagram stories. Don't forget to tag me at e-commerce badassery so I can see it. Thank you again for spending your time with me today. I hope you're having a wonderful holiday season and I'll see you on the flip side. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you're looking to surround yourself with more product entrepreneurs who totally get your life right now, get your booty on over to the e-commerce badassery Facebook group. Can't wait to see you there. Until next time, e-commerce friends, stay badass.